I'm in the game to win some. She didn't want to roll with me until she seen a friend come. Bought the BMW. Episode 118. This the one right here you was talking about. And I told you my type of party is on Yellow Elf. I thought it was uh, what was it? Always thought it was uh, Westside Love. Get home safe. Oh yeah, okay. I'm bogus. Hell yeah, y'all already know what time it is. It's your boy Saint Icky man, sitting here with Kirk the King, Nady Jax, the Face Titan Podcast, one eighteen of them things, man. We come along with. And we got a special guest today, music enthusiast. Been DJing in the city forever. <laughs> you gotta go see one of his sets because he'll take you some places. Taking faces all over the place. And at the end of the day, the homie is here with us. We got Larry Miller. What's up, y'all? What's up? I'm glad to be here with y'all. Finally, you know what I'm saying? Like, we had some missed dates. His wild calls from Kurt. He was like, yo, you're here 60 episodes. I'm like, we're supposed to have Larry on here in, the, uh, in January. Yo. Episode 11. No, man. <laughs> but yeah. I was out here on that COVID action, you know, trying to like, you know, get the city vaccinated and whatnot. So, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm here now. So let's get it. Hell yeah, man. Go ahead and drop the uh, the IG for him too. Oh yeah. You can find me on IG at Lars Natural. So that's L-A-R-Z-N-A-T-U-R-A-L. Real simple, real easy. That's how you, you know? can find out about all the gigs. Everywhere he's DJing. Follow facts, that story. Facts, Hell you know. yeah. Hell yeah, Larry like really know how to DJ for real. Cause like before I even knew him, before I even knew Larry, I just be like that one DJ up at Easy be giving it up for real. I mean that's before Serato, before Control. Yeah. I was like giving it up for real. So like yeah, niggas need to tap in, man. How let's take it back in the beginning of the Larry story, man. How did All you right. how did you first start DJing? Okay, so the first time I ever like DJed in front of somebody, I was in like third grade. Now, my dad was a DJ growing up. So my dad was like a buck wild dude, like in the mid seventies, you know, my dad was like partying with like Rick James, Roy Ayers type, you know, like sniffing glue at parliament concerts. Like (laughs) he was a real live wild dude. Like my favorite picture of my dad is like, I'm standing next to him in front of church. He's got on a white suit. And he's got on a shirt that's buttoned down, all the way down. But the shirt is blue sky, blue sky with clouds on it, mm-hmm. right? So it's like white suit, flared, wide collar shirt, sky blue, clouds. And I'm just standing next to him. But So I always grew up with music in the house, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit of everything. It'd be like 10cc, Rolling Stones, all that on one side. And it's like all your typical black, you know, R&B, soul, funk, and jazz music. So then... That's a whole nother thing. Then my mom's gospel records. And then, like, all the weird stuff my dad would buy, you know? So, like, you know, it'd be anything from, like, Blue Oyster Cult, Kraftwerk, Can. I had all this access to all this music growing up. And, you know, because of that, you know, like, I was kind of a dorky kid. I'd sit in the house and just, like, listen to music, Mm -hmm. you know, like, all day. My dad was gone. I just put a record on, listen to it, bug out to it, draw to it, you know, had had a... Mute, had a sound off on Robotech and just like listening to like a Donald Byrd record. Facts. Like that was me as a kid. So as I got older, you know, my dad would be like, yo, this is how you flip a record. This is how you clean a record. You know what I mean? This is what the mixer does. So I didn't really have a super interest in DJing, but I knew all the parts and I was definitely into the music. But uh, as I got older, like, like hip hop came around. So when hip hop came around and started coming in my life, like, 
very early on, because technically I'm the same age as hip hop. I'm like 47, right? I don't look it, thank God for that. Um, you know, like a song would come on, I'd be like, Dad, what's, what's this sample? Like, what is this beat? He'd be like, oh, that's this, that, and the other. I think I got that in the other room. So that just started me looking. So like early on, I was like crate digging, looking for records, finding different stuff. And I still wasn't DJing yet. I had a lot of friends that DJ, so like they would come over to my crib and like go through my dad's records and we'd pick stuff out with it, you know, and make beats and do all of that. So like then I started rapping, but I was always around DJs and producers. So like I'm watching them DJ, I'm watching them kill it. I'm listening to their transitions, all that. And I'm just taking it in. I didn't really start DJing like per se to like get paper until like 2004 and prior to that like I would just DJ with my boy Craig Elliott we used to do this spot on Wednesdays called Liquid Kitty that used to be on Chicago and Franklin and we would just come in and play like soul records funk records R&B all vinyl we'd be train wrecking and shit but it was all jams that you know you learn from your parents so like mm -hmm. we packed a room and we would kill it but my, one of my favorite DJs ever Sean Dervis took me under his wing Great dude. But he's still out here. He's, uh, he's, the, he's the OG hustler, man. Like, like, you know, we used to have a group together. You know, we did, like, hip-hop jazz stuff, you know. Played in, a, played in a Giorgio Armani store, all this stuff. We used to wild out. But he came to my crib one day. I was DJing, and he was like, bro. He was like, yo, man, your taste in music is impeccable. Your blends are trash. <laughs> and he said it like that, like, with mad inflection. Just like, I was like feelings hurt but like he just told me to keep at it so I just kept at it so I got my vinyl game down real good and like played vinyl you know all up until I moved to New York I was in New York in like 05 06 07 08 09 and I was DJing out there whenever I could you know and so that was great but what happened after that was I met some female DJs in New York who had you know just gotten Serato and they were all scenester chicks. They was all super cute, super hot, knew everybody in New York. Like, they would play at APT and all these other spots in New York. But they would pay me to be the opening DJ. So I would come in and set up Serato for them while they, you know, they politic to work the room. And so I'd just be DJing, you know, for like the first hour and a half, two hours. And then they would come in and do their little 20, 30-minute sets and switch out between each other. And then I would break it all down for them. So, like, that was kind of crazy. So when I got back to Chicago... You know, I came back, started managing clubs, you know, doing my thing. And once I got out of the club life, I just, like, went hard on DJing, you know. And, you know, there's a lot of places who, like, didn't want to pay me jack at first. And I was like, that's cool. I'm going to make you money. Hell yeah. So I just took all those little gigs until I started building up a following. And, you know, I know a lot of DJs here that I came up with that, you know, we used to discuss music with, so, like, they would come out, you know, and friends, like, from hip-hop or friends from the house music scene here, like, I, I will play with all of them, you know, because there's always a common thread somewhere between Chicago DJs where no matter what you're in musically, into musically, like, there's a, there's a nexus point, you know, where you can coalesce and, you know, still feel good about sharing that, you know, that musical knowledge between each other. So I kept doing that, and I'm still here. I'm still doing it. Hell you know, yeah! That's what yeah. It Hell is. yeah, you are, man. Yeah, so Hell so, yeah! It fucking show too. Yeah. So yeah, since you dude. uh you brought it up in that little in you uh, in the intro, how besides it making it so you don't have to carry around big ass crates of records, how did you feel about the introduction of Serato into the game? Um, I honestly, I kind of always wanted something like Serato to happen. Like, 
I used to play at this spot called the Bungalow up on like Belmont and Ashland back in the day. And like there were days when I would be going there and have to take a cab. I'd have a cab follow me with all these records in it. With like bags wow. and bags of records. Yeah. And then I'd be in the backseat of another cab with like two or three bags of records. So like I would roll up to the joint with like eight eight bags, you yeah, know, yo. and crates and whatnot. And so I did that for a long time. And when I moved to New York, I'd already seen Serato because my friend Lee Farmer got one of the early versions of Serato when Slicks was open, and he got that from um, Jazzy Jeff. So, like, I had seen him using it and was, like, blown away. I was like, wait, you you just using your computer? Like, what? Like, you didn't even change the record. He was like, yeah, all the stuff's in the computer. Check this out, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I was like, yo, okay, that's ill. And for a while, I didn't, you know, really think about it. I was like, yo, that's probably expensive. I don't know how long that's going to be around. You know, technology was weird back then, you mm-hmm. know, like. It's like with everything. For yeah. Uh, remember what time was this? That had to be like, oh, five. Okay. Okay. You know, like, you know, so I was like, okay, cool. I've seen what the future is. But when I was managing in this nightclub in New York called Club Element, there was, a, this was about oh, seven. There was this one DJ who was just in there killing it. He was like cutting up flashing lights or something. And I was like, how is he cutting it like that and doing everything? And I went over to the booth and he was running Serato. And I was like, yeah, I need that in my life. Yeah, the way you could program like uh, all the pads and shit on Serato made it so easy. Where you could like, you know that Kanye song that everyone, uh, I thought about this back in Chicago. And they oh, yeah. <laughs> you could just do that with a button. Yeah. You could just have it on the button and cut it yeah. back, cut it back, cut it back. Where when if you're doing that on a vinyl record, it's way it's nuts, different. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's like, you know, for a lot of people, you know, who, who do tricks with vinyl, you know, like that's like, that's like martial arts skills. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, I've always been more of like a selector and a DJ that blends. Like one of the things I really like to do is like, it's about the transition from one song to the next. I mean, I can cut and scratch a little, but that's not my forte. And I, the way I play, I don't need to, you know, like it's about the smooth transition from one style of music to the next and between the songs, you know, like that's where I flourish. I see a lot of DJs who, you know, can do a lot of tricks and stuff, but sometimes that simplicity you know, is hard for them to do or just to, like, let it naturally happen, Mm -hmm. you know? So, like, using Serato now, like, being able to do all of that, yeah, I mean, it's fun from, you know, it's it's fun for me, but it's not where I really operate from. I'm still really trying to rock the room in a way where, like, if it's early in the night, I don't want to disrupt your conversation. I want you to talk. I want you to get old girl's number, email address, you know, Tinder profile, Instagram page. Mm-hmm. You know, I ain't trying to wild out on you. So, like, then by the time, you know, like, everything is dancy, you're like, wait. Wait, we was just chilling now. I'm like, oh. Yeah, oh, yo. Oh, oh. Yeah. Like, that's how I like to get them. I like y'all, to sneak up yeah. on them. Y'all listen to how, like, a real DJ think for real. He think yeah. about everything in the room for real. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm watching people the whole time from the DJ. Board. Yeah, I can definitely coincide that. Like, with, like, you know, working with him, basically. You know what I mean? Like, he definitely knows exactly when and where and who and what to play Hell at yeah. what times. It's like the DJ, perfect, the DJ I mean? sees you, nigga. He sees you looking at Shorty, and he finna try to get play something so you can yeah. get on. Type yeah. Shit. Yeah. If, if yeah. Observations that he yeah. making. Yeah, like exactly. if you a cool dude, like you ain't like no wax stud, like I'm, like, I'm going to try to help you out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just a little bit, you know? <laughs> and I feel like there used to be so much more DJ etiquette where now you, get, you go to some spot and some dude's DJing that you can tell don't really... 
maybe care per se. Yeah. And he's playing like heat in his first eight minutes of DJ. <laughs> yeah. You're like, fam, it's eight thirty. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. before it was like no repeats, blah blah blah. But now people, there's no like etiquette to that. Well, shit. Yeah, I mean, playing like mask off. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, you're man. just opening the bar. You're putting the mats down. <laughs> like, mask off for it. Curry got in the league. <laughs> just start shooting threes. Yeah, and all, exactly. all real. Wow. <laughs> no warm up. <laughs> Two minutes into the first quarter, six free throws. <laughs> okay. Um, fouls. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Like, there's a lot of, like, really dope young DJs in Chicago, and I really, like, like that. You know, there's, like, kids that are doing parties over at Little Wild that's, like, all world music, and they mix in all these different styles. But I've seen a lot of other DJs that just, like, they don't get it. They don't really think about their programming. They just, like, it's going to be heat all night. I'm going to just beat the room up with heat, 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 heat. I'm like, yo. I'm about to yeet you out the DJ booth. But, you know, I got to let people do what they do. Mm, Everybody's going to yeah. have a different learning curve. And I'm at where I'm at because I've made mistakes in the past, you know, and I've taken risks. And, you know, I've learned from them, you know. So here I am. And I'm always learning, you know. That's, yeah. that's what you got to do. I remember when I thought I was a DJ, man. When I was <laughs> the DJ and out here, I used to be the same thing, just coming in playing heat. And then I remember... I was DJing at primary this before R. Kelly shit had happened. And like, I was just putting on heat. Nobody, people was moving, but it wasn't crazy. I put on slow wine by, by Kells, and that bitch went up for real. <laughs> and that's what I was like, you just can't come in just playing all the heat. You got to really see what people deserve for real. I thought I was a DJ for a second. I would just like heat it out. <laughs> heat it out for four hours. People would just be tired and be like, be like nobody. And that's the thing too. And my blends would be whack. Yeah. Terrible. You got to understand, even if you do want to take that approach, what's heat for the room? A good yeah, DJ right. knows how to read the room. Yeah. Because your heat ain't everybody's heat. Yeah. You know, exactly. you got to understand the crowd you're playing to. Yeah. yeah. You take your fucking. Who wants smoke shit to the wrong room? And they're like, <laughs> they be like, nah, bro, we don't do that over here. Yeah. Like, you got Anita, or yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, you know, it's funny. Like, you like someone used future right there. Somebody used mask off as a reference earlier. Like, like that was a hot song when it popped, right? But like now, like depending on how you're playing your set, like I could open a night with mask off, and it could be really mellow and just chill. You yeah. know what I mean? And then it's like, where do I go from there? I don't need to play the next hottest trap song that matches by BPM. Then I could go to another genre of something that's super mellow that the crowd's not expecting and keep that mellow vibe going, slowly yeah. pushing up the BPM, getting it to somewhere else, you ah, know? Yeah, well said. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, like, you know, then it's like, oh, man, yeah, the night was chill when he was playing mask off. And then he, <laughs> threw, on, he threw on this other yawn and, like, we all just lost it. Yeah, yeah. it's like... Yeah. That's how it is. Like, it's uh, everything in reference to the thing you played before. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're slowly building the trust of the room. If someone's never heard you before, and I do have a wide breadth of music, and sometimes I just be like, blah, I just put it all out there. I'm just like, I'm playing some of everything. And sometimes, like, I have more of a, more like a horse with blinders on. I see the path that these patrons need and the way I should rock this room. So then I'll, like, focus the beam in. And I'm going to, like, rock, rock this little lane of tunes to gain their trust. And then as I take the tempo up, I got more avenues I can get them to. I, first thing you got to do is you got to reel them in. You got to bait the water before you go fishing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when you were DJing vinyl, how would you come with your shit uh, sorted by BPM? Um, I would sort it by BPM some things and then sort by genre. Um, back then, like... Like I would have like I would have certain crates or bags that was like 
all right, these are my jams. You know, like, be like three or four of those crates. Okay, you'd have them, like, separated out, like... Yeah, yeah. Like, like, these are the heaters I know I want to play. That's yeah, the hot bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I have, like, other bags that be like, uh, that's kind of experimental. Then I have, like, a bag of things, like, uh, I want to play this. I don't know if I'm ready to be play this yet, you know? And yeah. so things would go from those bags... Like, there's a filler bag, the experimental bag, and then, like, the two or three hot bags. So, as I would play records out, if it got a good response, then it would move into one of the other bags. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Until I got to a point where I was like, yo, all these bags is hot. You know, like... (laughs) (laughs) How how would you know when to get experimental with the bag? I mean, well, sometimes the experimental stuff comes out, like, if the crowd is really mellow and it's conversational, Uh you can get, you know kind of weird you yeah. know nobody's really focused on dancing it's more of a vibed out room yeah or how fucked up the crowd is if motherfuckers <laughs> is just lit and they having a good time you'd be like you know what <laughs> i'm gonna throw in this curveball real quick and just see what it do and as you go see one person like oh <laughs> yeah all right, i'm gonna try that again next week you know like that's Yo. just how it is Oh man! I've seen it happen for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Heavy ass, hot ass bags carrying them bitches in. <laughs> when you said that shit, I got flashbacks. I used to, I used to live with a DJ. I live with a couple DJs, man. Talking about moving, bro. Oh God! All that shit. It's funny because you was talking earlier. You was talking about your, your pops being up on all, having all this shit. Dude, my Jay. dad. At the height of his record collection, he had like thirty thousand records in the crib. Gee, that's what I'm finna that's tell you. That's a collector collect. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm finna tell you is that my granddaddy the same way to this day is a chronic music collector, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, he got shit on top of shit on top of yeah. shit for real. That's how we even had all them records. Me and my boy Composure Squad. Shout out Jermaine. Composure yeah, shout out Jermaine for real. Uh, that's like he like family me. So my granddaddy was getting ready to move. He would just unload records on this nigga, and he was my roommate. Man. So I had to help him carry all that shit. I'm like, God. Damn, that's super heavy. Dude, when I when we lived in Inglewood, like so, we got my parent, my dad bought our first family house in 1987, and that was in Park Manor on the other side of the Dan Ryan Expressway. So, my mom and my sister were staying at my grandmother's house that Christmas Eve. My dad was going to surprise them with the house. So, me, my uncle John, who's like only a few years older than me, and my dad moved everything out of our apartment into the new house. That Christmas Eve, right? And, like, that was the year, like, Christmas and Hollis came out. Uh-huh. Like, Run DMC. Oh, like, it was, like, this crazy-ass Christmas. I was, like, uh-huh. 13. But, like, moving the furniture and the rugs and the clothes, all that was easy. It was the motherfucking records, yeah, dude. Gene. Like, it was a fuck ton of records in the apartment, and we were on the second floor. But then when we got down to the basement, it was more records. It was just, like... Records on records. Like, we made, like, five runs on records. By the time we finished moving, it was, like, 1 a.m., like, Christmas morning. Mm. You know, but we was in the crib with the bootleg cable hooked up. (laughs) My dad had a beer. He gave me and my, you know, my uncle a beer. And we was, like, chilling. I was like, damn, we just got a house. And this is dope. And uh, I'm just, like, sitting there surrounded by records with me and my dad. So, like, music has always been, like, a big part of my life in that way. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's how I even got up on it, like. I got into music. My granddad learned about Napster. He was like, hey, I need you to find out about this. And they going to give me lists of shit. I'm just, I'm just literally like 12 years old, like going down the list, the Delphonics. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So he knows about the fire. Yeah. Download, yeah. Just download the hell of music. Yeah. He still do that shit to this day. Hey, you you going to download the Quiet Storm for me? <laughs> <laughs> 
It's crazy to me Young when people blood. you'll meet people <laughs> and they don't yeah. really care about music. There's like you can play whatever. I'm like that's nuts. You don't passionately care about music. Yeah. Because when I'm at the crib alone, I'll literally have like the TV on on mute and just listen to music. I don't really fuck with like shows and shit. Be like, you see the show? I'm like, nah. I mean, there's like there's shows I fuck with, but most of the shows I fuck with either have a great score because like I really like music. How it like helps to enhance the mood or the storytelling. So shows that like do that, I'm like, yeah. Oh damn, you they played that song right now. Like okay, like yeah, I'm with that. Yeah. But um, it's weird. Like being a DJ, being a DJ that plays out fairly often. You know, sometimes I'll come home. And I'll be like, man, I really want to DJ, but I'm like, I got to play tomorrow night and I got all my gear already packed up. I'm like, I won't even pull it out, but I'll like, I won't set it back up to DJ, but I will like turn on whatever music app that I have or like go down some weird YouTube rabbit hole or like looking for obscure music, you know, so I can have something interesting to play or remind myself that I don't know everything and that it's always a constant search. Hell yeah. So, yeah. you know, like sometimes I'll just like, go through an artist catalog or find some like, you know, producer remixer and like be like, yo, let me, I heard about this dude. Let me go listen to like six or seven of his tracks. And mm -hmm. then that leads me to something else. So like, you know, the one thing I do like about the way that I find new music is like, there's the research moments like that, but then I'm always listening when I'm out and I'm in a bar or if I'm in a yeah. grocery store, I get reminded by some old joint that I ain't heard in 20 years. And I'm like, oh, that's fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, remember that and run that back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what, like, the internet kind of helped and killed at the same time is I used to spend so much time searching for samples mm -hmm. when before it was like, you can go to who sampled the dot com and oh, just yeah. find the samples. I'd be like, damn, like who, what sample is this? And you'd always be kind of listening in the back of your mind, mm -hmm. trying to figure it out. So like my homie in San Diego, Joey, we used to sit there and he would spin records and he'd be like, what sample is this? He'd be like, mm -hmm. Oh, JD sampled this on rough draft, like go through all this shit. Mm -hmm. And that shit was fun trying to find it versus now you can just Google it. Like well, what sample yeah. is this? And then like, there's like, you know, like, like the guys who like do the whole videos on YouTube about like, yeah, these are the top ten Jay samples. <laughs> I've seen those. And I'm mean, like, you I've know, like those. it's like, like I'm cool with it in one way, but part of it is like because I came up in that era of like where you had to hunt, and like there are a lot of artists that use like, you know, samples only from like a, one or two generations ago, where you automatically know it if you grew up in a certain community. Yeah, like, you like you know what that song is, right? And if you like listen to that producer's work, you can kind of figure out what vein they're in and where to look, right? Yeah. Like, is that a soul sample? Is that a funk sample? That sounds like George Clinton. Maybe I'll listen to a bunch of these funk records. Oh, you know, it's it's you know it's Betty Davis. You know, it's something like right. that. You're like, oh, okay, that's dope. But then, you know, like coming up, like a lot of artists, like especially like the Q-Tips and the Dillas, you know. Like, those guys, when they started doing more jazz-related samples, that helped me to, you know, continue to um, feed my interest in jazz music and more avant-garde samples, mm -hmm. you know? So, like, there were things, like, in some of the Tribe records that, like, I just didn't even expect that they were sampling, and I was like, that's love, you know? And, like, we had to look for that. You know, I had friends that were more mm -hmm. versed in it, so, like, I could go hang out with them, and they'd be like, oh, that's Bobby Hutchison. You know, I'm like, okay, so you just put me on to something. So now there's a whole other catalog of music that I'm listening to. But that was the fun of being a crate digger and a music aficionado at that time. I didn't need someone else to, um, to feed 
my craving for music. Like I had that wanton knowledge, and that's one of the dopest things about people who are crate diggers. They go out just to search for something they haven't seen before, you know, and then you find something by accident. It makes the whole process worthwhile, you know. And it's so much more rewarding. Oh, because yeah. you didn't just like mm-hmm. go, oh, cool. Now I know what that is. Right. You know right. what I mean? And back in the day, what I learned a long time ago, just from like watching documentaries about producers like Dylan and shit, is there were so many studio musicians back then, they would look on the back of the records for certain people playing certain instruments. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, this is probably fire because yeah. he's playing horns. Yeah. He's playing yeah. bass. So I'm going to grab it, even though they had no idea what the record was. Mm-hmm. They were looking for certain people playing certain instruments. Yeah. No one like, oh, I'm going to get a loop off this or something. Yeah. And you can also do that by like engineer and like, the arranger or who's the person who wrote the song, you know, and then like once you get big enough, you can do something like, you know, what Dre did with a lot of his early music. He just was like, yo, I'm just going to hire dope ass session musicians. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to play the exactly. sample for you and then you're going to play it and I'm going to tweak it. So then he's composing, you know, it instead of just sampling it. Yeah. You know, yeah, and like, for real do that. For real do that shit too. Yeah. yeah. Hella people do that shit for real. And it might make it sound like purist, but it's just like, it's not like a purist or like an elitist thing. It was just a time that we were a part of that we are like involved in and like care about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like you, like all four of us are like still open to like everything new. You know what I mean? Like I have records, I have, I have cassettes that I don't fucking listen to because I have Apple Music. Exactly. Right. I mean, but no, I don't have a cassette deck, but a, yeah. I got cassettes at the crib because all these new cats are like be putting out cassettes. Yeah. Like I got like three or four Fest Grandiose tapes. <laughs> and, like I'm just holding on to them. Hey, shout bro. out Fest. Yeah, I seen Fest him this week man, too. I seen know? him and his kid out there. So Fest, yeah, new daddy Fest. So <laughs> like, you know, like I hold on to those things because I appreciate those artists, even though I might not have a device to play that particular format of yeah, music. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, you know, firsthand, like when you making music and shit, like, Ain't nobody finna actually pay for your song, so like you got to make something for them to buy. Like you make right. it yeah. there bad for right. Real. Yeah, you know. So, so like, like one day I'm gonna trick off and buy you know a tape deck because of Fest Grandiose. What's yeah. up, boy? You know. But um, yeah, I still have a lot of vinyl. Like I got what two or three turntables in my crib, you know, and they're just for listening to vinyl. They're not, you know, techniques, you mm-hmm. know. So like, and I still have a nice. I have a. I have the creme de la creme of my former record collection. When I lived in New York, I lost 8,000 records. I don't want to talk about that. It's traumatic. But I got like four or 500 records at the crib. And then, you know, I have days when I'm cleaning the house or whatever where I'm just like, I'm going to listen to this vinyl because it's comforting. It's comforting. Um, it's really nice just to be like, let a whole side of a record play through and then like mm-hmm. flip it over. You know, it's like a nice pause. Yeah, yo. Yeah. You know, and so I appreciate those moments. And then that's also like a great time to like, you pack the bowl or light a joint or I feel you know, you, get bro, another beer like, or step outside and, you know, watch the squirrels get stupid on my porch. You honestly, know? Like, honestly, yeah. like, honestly, because, like, I rap and shit, so I be trying to, like, get on the playlist and shit, but, like, I don't even know which playlists are popping because I don't listen to playlists, for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I put a record on, for yeah. real, and listen to the whole thing, for yeah. real. Yeah. I mean, but, honestly, I'll tell you this. When people will be like, yo, I want you to check out my playlist, the old man in me, that they don't realize that I am because I moisturize every day. <laughs> like they be like bringing up playlists. I'd be like, mm, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna listen to that, bro. 
You know, yeah. but like, that's in my head. Like, I don't ever say it. I'll be like, all right, yeah, send me that. that yeah, send me your Spotify. I'll be link. sitting there just like, all right, what playlist should I try to get on? I don't know, because I don't listen to them bitches for real. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's like something about just putting on one artist record. Even though you might not like all the songs for real, like, you just gonna be, you just gotta do something else. Like you said, pack up the bowl. Yeah. I'll be at work. I just throw it, I just throw it on, let it ride through in the background uh, for real. I think the only time I really listen to playlists is if it's someone that I have like, a, a strong connection and friendship to, or I mm. really appreciate their taste in music. Like it just can't be like somebody random, like, yo, check out this playlist. I made. you know, yeah. especially if we're not like at a house party or something. That's normally how I think about playlists, not yeah. DJs who really right. like music and they've curated something for the night. I can appreciate that. When yeah. Somebody just brings to me random. I'm like, nah, like I had, um, um, my most, you know, recent love in my life used to like, she loves music and like, you know, I would just go buy her stacks of records sometimes, and, like, she belongs to a record club. She's got dope vinyl coming every month. And I always liked that about her, but, like, she was, like, one of the only people whose playlists I listened to all the time because she would curate, like, these dope playlists, which were, like, mm-hmm. uh, like the songs of our relationship, you know? So mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, I, like, I fuck with that because, you know, she was close to me, and I, like, I could appreciate that, and I understood why she picked certain things. But, you know, like, Rando Dude number 3, you know, three stools down from me at the bar who saw me DJ one time three months ago comes up to me like, yo, check this out. I'm like, who's Lil Dweeb and all these other dudes on this playlist? Like, I'm not listening to that. Lil like, Dweeb. Yeah. Lil Dweeb like, could have a heater. Me too. Like, he might have a heater, rap but like, I'm, the L rap name. You know, like, I'm just going to ignore that. You know, right Lil Dweeb. Yeah. And like, I, you just got to rap I a like, hard ass shit. I like like <laughs> the progression of an album. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. like skits and interludes and shit. Yeah, like but that. that ain't even a thing anymore. You know well, what like, I'm saying? Yeah. But that it's, was my favorite shit. It's rarely a thing. Yeah. That was used to be my shit. I love the skits for. I could even yeah. have any little skits that I fuck with. De La Soul is Dead is one of my favorite albums of the skits alone. Yeah, dude, nah. man. The skits on that album, man, kicked out the house. You my town's what? House. Purple Haze. The purple oh, yeah. haze gets oh, a Cameron? Yeah. yeah. Did you ever hear him talk about that? Nah. So all those like phone calls and shit were real phone calls? <laughs> I bet they <laughs> were. They sound real. He was like, yeah, Shorty never cared or whatever. Mm-hmm. I guess she fell on hard times and hit him with a lawsuit being like, I need bread for those <laughs> phone calls. He was like, you didn't give a fuck. Yo, that said, uh, remember the she horny said, where, She oh, said, no. where are you at? She was like, go to my photo shoot. On so and so street, don't worry about what street. <laughs> wow. I remember on uh, Chronic Two Thousand One, there was like that uh, that horny skit where they were like boning and shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> this yeah. and uh, my mom's friend bought it for me, and it just came on. She took the fucking CD, yeah. out the CD player at the CD player, and I remember uh, made me take it back. That's another skit. Oh oh oh, oh. twenty what oh. twenty thousand sack pyramid. Oh yeah, Wait, that was on like? Chronic. Yeah. Wait what? <laughs> What skit was on there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I remember, I remember the <laughs> crunk, on Crunk Juice, Lil John and them had a skit on there. He was like, uh, get off the motherfucking phone, nigga. <laughs> like, bro, we need half from the tree high, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get this, go ahead and get this bread, bro. <laughs> oh, Crunk Juice, I fucking love skits. I'm going to put some skits on my dude shit for real. Hey, man, to. get it, get it, get it. <laughs> Please do. I'll be your quiet storm DJ on the skits. <laughs> Facts. Oh, yeah. those was good ones, the Wiz Khalifa ones. Oh, Wiz had good ones, currency. Yeah, yeah. on yeah. uh, crunk, on uh, cushion orange juice. W e e d. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> e, it's your boy Easy Wider. Yeah, you know that, that comes from Snoop. Yeah, it's your boy Easy Dick. <laughs> <laughs> or um, Mr. Buttworth. <laughs> <laughs> Buttworth. <laughs> 
Mr. Butworth. Yeah. Oh, shit. What you got for us, Kurt? Uh, we're going to get into the hot shit of the week. This week, we got the Omis with their new single, Lonely. Oh, I ain't heard this shit. Play that. Let's, Let's get it. Let's, get Let's it. go. Tell me we both have not forsaken. The light we hope so insecure. I feel it bright as plain as day when reaching for what does with you worse. You make me better. Thank you. 
So that was the Omas with the new single Lonely. That shit, that shit sounded decent. Yeah, they got a project dropping soon. His voice is so fucking good. I mean, I could listen to him sing. Hella melodic. Uh, everybody be wearing Omas t-shirts. I got to get me one, man. You got to uh, go to the show. When I, when I played with, uh, with Hurt Everybody a couple weeks ago, uh, they had all Hurt Everybody. I mean, uh, Omas shirts. I be like, damn, yeah. they out here for you. Oh yeah, they got fans. It feel like it's every time I see like a Chicago local, like one of the bigger Chicago locals, yeah. they wear an Omaha shirt. Like, yeah, shirt. I mean, as a yeah. Chicago group, they've done a lot and they've made a lot of really good music. I yeah, mean, I mean, they've been around for a minute, dude. You know? Ten years, probably. Yeah, like, at like least facts. a ten piece. How old are they? They're in their thirties, probably. Yeah, oh, yeah. They're like they're super cool. Like the homie. Um, Encyclopedia Brown put me onto them like years ago. I've seen them live before. Yeah, yeah they're really good live. It translates, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. is dope. Damn, Why what not? a hard name, Encyclopedia Brown. That's, yeah, that's like that's some old school. Like, <laughs> like you got to be born in the seventies to like even know about Encyclopedia Brown. And my boy Freddie took that name on, and he's probably one of the best freestylers and writers and DJs that I know in the city of Chicago. He's yeah. slept on for like a lot of like younger cats, but like if you meet this dude. Like you're like you'll be blown away. Like his talent is it's gigantic. It's like with yeah. Brown. That was like the I know it sounds probably stupid. I might be wrong, but were they the orange encyclopedias? Or no, you think about Encyclopedia Britannica? Yeah, yeah. True, true. Encyclopedia That's Brown. You, that like, was the internet before the internet. Yeah, yeah basically, yeah. like you like had to sit down and be a well-read motherfucker. You to had know a day for that too. Well, you had Fuck to like, a sample. You had to oh, yeah. 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 Get your Carl That's Sagan fine. on Dewey Decimal System, all that shit. You know? yeah. so, but uh, but yeah, don't even know what that is. But yeah, nigga, that's what I want to start talking to you about, man. Oh shit, here we go. Being one, being being a top freestyler outside of Easy. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, top freestyler. Like I already know. Like you I'm, gotta you gotta have a rap story, man. I don't know your rap dude, story for I, real. Yeah, I, I do have a rap. Because he started rapping and shit before. DJ. No, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's too like you could listen to this nigga could just rap like about nothing. Yeah. That's what people you back just in keep the day on used going, to do, though. Going, like, going. Freestyles used to Nigga be freestyles. Nigga like, because like, I'll pop in, I give you my little eight. Do, 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 I get my eight. Larry rapping. Yeah. Everybody, like, I'll be done smoking. <laughs> no, I'll be like, shit, I'll put a goat. Oh, but he's still, oh. so, And then, I, and then right. I check back in. I'm like, he's still saying shit. It's not like he's not saying nah, shit. Nah, yeah, you definitely said that. <laughs> I, I'm a, all right, so. I remember you said that in the middle of quarantine. Like, yeah, we're outside of, uh. This nigga's loquacious. <laughs> I'm going to give you a little insight into my daily routine, right? So, like. <laughs> wake up in the morning. I, w- I wake up in the morning, and the first thing I do is go straight for the painkillers. You know? And then God my damn. vitamins, you know? Because, like, no, nah, you know, like, you work at the bar across the street from my house. So, you know, like, it's I'm glad it's open. We just went through a pandemic. A motherfucker yeah. got issues and problems and talking to a therapist. You got to go talk to your bartender, too. Sometimes yeah, your bartender can be your inexpensive therapist, depending on how much you drink. Hell yeah. Right? So, Shout out to the ones. Yeah. So I get up, vitamins, water, painkillers. Then I get in the shower. While I'm in the shower, I'm listening to, like, The Breakfast Club. And then, you know, I just put a track on, and like, <laughs> I freestyle in the shower for, like, two, three minutes, you know, because it's comforting. It doesn't make me feel my age. And I miss when, like, I used to just get on stage two, three times a week and just rap. And I used to run open mics, you know, back in the day. Rest in peace to the Flatiron, which used to be the mm-hmm. note. Blue um, note, right? Yeah. So me and my guy who I mentioned earlier, Sean Dervis, um, my boy Aloe and my boy Iron, you know, and my boy Fuego, they're all DJs. We used to do this hip-hop night there on Tuesdays. So they had a bunch of different names, but at one point we had settled on Concrete. 
So there's a still the longest running freestyle show in Chicago was the 606 at Sub T. So all the guys from the Pacifics, all the Filipino homies, they had this dope open mic freestyle night that's still being that tradition still being carried on by Shadowmaster to this day. Shout out to Shadowmaster. So they would do their night there and they would close at two. And then people would come over to the note and I'd be there from two to four in the morning teaching rappers how to get it in, you know. And there were a lot of things that I instituted on these rappers so that they would learn to think about the game differently when it came to freestyle. So I would let people get up and spit freely. If they were dope, I'd be like, yo, let them run it. Might rap the whole song, you know, and the DJ blends in something else. It's like, all right, cool, you out of here. Somebody comes up, they mediocre, all right, you might get, you know, 16 bars if you can do that. But if you go out of that and you whack, yeah, you out of here, right? And then, you know, somebody who came up that was trash, I was like, psst, psst, you got to go. Yeah. <laughs> so that turned into, like, us building up regulars. So it kind of be like a, became a sparring session and an impromptu show. It wasn't a battle. It was just like, if you can rap for real, right, if you can carry a room and gain the audience attention without insulting someone, then you on some shit. So you're That's showcase. real talent. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and you could come test your chops. It was like the Apollo without, you know, Sandman. You know, or Kiki Shepherd. Yeah, none of that. You know, <laughs> touching the wheel like Kiki Shepherd. Yeah, none of that. So, like, what we also used to do is, is the final rounds of the night, I would like rap for sixteen bars. Like rappers would line up. I rap for sixteen bars. I'd be like, next rapper, rap for sixteen. If they couldn't do sixteen, then you was out the rotation, right? Next rapper comes, can't do sixteen, out the rotation. Next rapper comes, does sixteen, boom, cool. Stand next to me. And we would do that, cycle through, right? Whoever's left, then we would go eight bars. Rappers had a problem counting down bars. Mm. Yeah. So we would do 16, then we do eights, then we do fours. We got down to fours, it was like, it would fuck people up. It's like, you just need to come up with like two, two lines. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, you got to be quick with it. And we would just go around and do that. Yeah. And that's like how like I really got my street cred, like, in the 2000s, but in the 90s, like, it was a totally different game. Like, in the 90s, I had a partner named Rob English, who's out in L.A. now making all types of dope art shit. You know, shout out to Rob English. We had a rap group in the early 90s called Atomic Ants, and we were some freestyle monsters. Like, we lived for that shit. We wrote songs and stuff, but, like, we were really known for our live shows. And, you know, early on in our careers, like, we opened up for, like, the Beat Nuts, we opened up for Souls of Mischief on Halloween. Damn, that's I actually pain. drew Fuck the yeah. flyer for, for that real? event. Yeah. Damn. And I still have a picture of it somewhere. We, um, man, what we did Redman and Keith Murray down at U of I. Like, Damn. we were doing, like, all these, like, shows. Um, we did open up for De La Soul. We opened up for Diggable Planets. We opened up for J. Root the Damager. Mm. Sick. You know, and, like, back, this, and what's crazy, I'm going to tell you this. And I'm not going to get into it because, you know, Ye's camp is Ye's camp. But, like, there was a point where, like, I would sneak Ye into shows when he was a shorty, you know. Love that man. But, like, we were freestylers. That's really who we were. <laughs> we were really good on stage. We were mediocre in making songs. And it took me a long time to get comfortable with that. But 
if you want me to freestyle against somebody, I got that ass. Hey, man, not to cut you yeah. off, man, but I just got to say it so I can say it on the podcast. This nigga, yay, with these white people masks is genius. Yeah, I mean, so sick. Yeah. Like, he hasn't done Yo, nothing. That not- shit at the airport, though? I was like. Oh, my God. And then he got in the yellow cap? I was like. He nah, hasn't nah. done nothing to me that I felt like was really genius in a long time. And then he started doing this shit this week. And I'm like, yes. Yay so is cool. back. It's so cool, so bro. Cool. I love it, bro. Yeah. I, I'm, 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 not, I'm not mad at uh, that's a that's Such a, a great that was a great detour. Because like I know I was looking at those pictures on my IG feed like this motherfucker here. But he, I think it's futuristic. Yeah, he's yeah. so he he ahead man. He also likes some shit that like light speed. At this point, like <laughs> I, I could just Lindsay come in. jacket is hard body. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But I, I look at it as some shit that like. On some like race shit that like I could just come into anywhere with this mask on, like you can't ask me about nothing right. at this point. You know what I'm saying? So you don't know who I am. So I know, black so. ass hands out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, motherfucker looking like it's a like character. It's just the statement because it's like, bro, like, like at this point in like society, you can't ask nobody why they got that old. What the real. thing is, and then you like fucking with somebody because like, and like, like you don't know what I, you don't know who I am. Well, we all been wearing masks for the Marjola last two years, and then he just yeah. come in with that googly eye shit on. You just like, <laughs> it'd be funny if he wore the COVID mask over here. <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> Yeah, like, yo, let me get a gin and tonic. Like slipping off the fake yeah. Wait, what? What you say? Yeah, let me get a gin and tonic. He's talking about, man, this hits my ears. We so <laughs> Those are like, Hell yeah. But yeah, go back, go back. So with like, the beanie on top. Like, I'm literally like. Yeah, he wearing hats with that shit. Like, I grew up like on some like golden era hip hop shit. Some backpack rapper hip hop shit. Some purest shit. Mm. So when people told me they freestyle. We was about it. Mm-hmm. We was like, oh, for real? Like, let's go. Like, one of my favorite um, memories from that era is, like, I guess, like, 95? So there was this hip-hop club that was short-lived on the north side of Chicago, on Belmont in Sheffield, right? Like, on the second story, yeah. I think it's, like, a tanning salon or some shit now. And it's called, oh, it's right above the Chipotle? Yeah, it was called, like, the B-Side Cafe, right? What neighborhood is that? That's, like, Lakeview. Like, oh, that's yeah. Chipotle. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, okay. across from, like, you know, what, what is that? The mac and cheese joint? Cheesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheesy's Pub. So, like, this was in the 90s. So, it was just, like, white dudes. It was these two white dudes that owned it. One was, like, a Jewish dude. Looked like Jamiroquan shit. He was mad cool. <laughs> so, like... When the club was opening up, like, he had this party to figure out who were going to be the host of his venue. So. Whose phone sounds like a lawnmower? That is crazy. My phone, <laughs> my phone sounds like a lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie daisy. So, Oopsie daisy is so hard. <laughs> Oopsie daisy, baby. So, Made a little mistake. Uh, <laughs> have you ever heard of <laughs> he didn't hear it through the thing though. Through the thing, it sounded crazy. Yeah, through the thing, though. I, I, I didn't hear it until you said it. I saw your face, and I was like, I like looked over and I was like, saw the core wiggling. I was like, ah. Oopsie Daisy, all winner. Yeah, it makes your mistake not seem like that. Yeah, exactly. It seems like it's okay. It's, it's so much you better. can do some wild shit like cheat on your wife. You're like, oopsie, Daisy. It's so much you better than like, even be mad. It's, it's so much better than like my bad. Yeah, man, my bad is so downtown. Her girlfriends oopsie. are talking to her. He cheated on you. He just oopsie, Daisy. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's just like a missed alley yeah. oh, He didn't yeah, make it. He didn't make a mistake or anything. It was just an oopsie. Oh days. God, wait, hold on. Oh. <laughs> Right, I'm getting that off for sure. <laughs> I can't wait to fuck up. <laughs> no, I'm glad I was able to put to. that out there in the culture. You know what I'm but saying? Not like that. 
Yeah, thank you for giving us the oopsie. Right, that shit was You're quite welcome. I said that right here, right here, right now. But yeah, we was talking about you opening up for the legends, man. <laughs> all right, so. <laughs> all right, so like, like I said, these two white dudes, they open this club, B-Side Cafe, it's like 95, 96. Big up on Belmont and Sheffield. If you know anything about Chicago, you know, Belmont and Sheffield is hella pasty now, but it used to be like all skins and sharps. Mm-hmm. You know, people oh, go to real? the alley, yeah, for real, you yeah. know, buy combat boots, hella goth, industrial. Hell you know? yeah. Like, that, if you were from the south side, it was like you catch the train. Oh, that bar? So, ne- Neo yeah. was up there, yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to go yeah. to Neo. Yeah, hell yeah. Neo was, was the first bar. Sharks. It was the first yeah, bar I went to in Chicago. Sharks. Yeah. Shout out to Real them. skinheads. Real racist heads are not Shout out to the Sharks. Factual. We niggas. <laughs> Three niggas shout out. You know what I'm oh, saying? We see, yeah. you know what I'm <laughs> we see y'all out there. We see y'all out there. Shout out to my yeah. man Luke. You know, I know, yeah. you know about that shout out to Luke. Yeah. So, like, so they had this club, and before they opened, they were like, yo, we want to figure out who's going to be the host. So they had this freestyle session, right, at one of these dudes' house, and it was Dirty MF, who's one of the best freestyle artists to ever live in Chicago, who's part of Grammy Award-winning Liquid Soul. So there's Dirty. Mm, yep. There's myself, Rob English, this really-ass dope rapper from the West Side who doesn't get enough love in Chicago history named Tum Chi, T-U-M-C-H-E-E. Dope-ass dude and Twister. No joke. <laughs> I'm in a cypher with these dudes, right? Now, me, Rob, and Dirty, like, we got, like, an alliance because we all fuck with each other hard, right? And so, like, we're all rapping. All of us are rapping. It's fun. We all stoned. And then the Jamiroquai-looking dude put on the instrumental to Sour Times by Portishead. And me and Rob... Me and Rob and Dirty lost our shit. We was like, ah, I just rapidy rap, rap, rapidy rap, 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 rap shit. So needless to say, we ended up hosting at this spot, you know, and like that's where we opened up for J Ru. One of my favorite nights in hip hop is when J Ru dished Chicago and Dirty MF was like, fuck J Ru, this is our shit. I was like, oh, oh yeah, you told me about this. That shit, shit was amazing, yeah. you know, like. Like, wild shit used to happen at that spot, you know. But, you know, white folks shut it down because they were, like, alien. That shit was alien to them back in the 90s. They was like, we're not fucking with this. It's too much bass. <laughs> I, I, can hear, I can hear this bass when I get off the train at Belmont and Clark. I, I, I can't. It's no. We're not fucking with this. Is, this, is not, this is not fuck withable. No, this goes against my morals. I was like, yeah. Yeah, all right, cool. But, um. So I did that for a minute. I had like kind of stopped rapping and chilling. And then once again, I need to mention a very important person in my life, Sean Dervis. Sean Dervis had this idea to like start like a rap hip hop jazz group. And we called it Spheres of Influence. He hit me up. He was doing nights at the now defunct, uh, God, what was the name of that damn bar? Betty's Blue Star. On the corner of Grand dropping, and Ashland. You're dropping all kind of shit I never heard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't fuck here, I would go to Betty's yeah. Blues. Yeah. <laughs> it used to be, but yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a Grand and Ashland. Grand and Ashland. Was, there's the gas station. There's the two gas stations it's just right called, there. It wasn't just Grand Bar after a while? Well, it became Grand, Grand Bar, but it used to be God. Betty's Blues. Grand Bar hey, right? shout out Grand Bar. Grand no, Bar used to... not shout out Grand Bar. No, no, no. Fuck no shorts. Fuck Grand Bar. Oh, no. Grand Bar, it got to a point where Grand Bar used to let me do whatever I wanted to do If you give me two bitters, I'll tell you a great story about grand bar with the beat nuts <laughs> yeah so yeah. Woo, all right <laughs> yeah, like facts so sean came and got me he took me to this night he took me to this night he was like yo you a dope rapper like, we should get together he introduced me to like some of his friends who became my friends 
my boy RB, uh, my friend Shoney, and we started this group. So we started doing, you know, freestyle rap shit, you know, and we did that for a long time. And we performed at the Note. We performed in our Armani store. We were doing weddings and private events and art gallery openings. And that shit was fire. But my passion was more for the grimier, more experimental, like, like freestyle shit, where I could see where people's minds were willing to go. Like, motherfuckers that was out here trying to get their quiz Sadarak on, you know what I'm saying? You know, like, really trying to be on some other shit. And yeah. I would only find that, like, you know, at places like the Note and Sub T and outside in front of places. So I got to a point after doing that for a while where, like, at 05, when I moved to New York, I kind of just stopped rhyming. I was like, I'm 31 years old. I ain't made it at rapping yet. Like, I'm a chill. So I went to New York because I was in love. You know, bad move. But went out there, and I would go do open mics in New York, and, like, Cass like, who the fuck is this dude? Where the fuck is this guy from? You know, and people was fucking with me, but I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. That was the mm-hmm. decision I made until I found my boy Todd out there, who's from Chicago. Uh, he goes by EQ. He's a producer that, you know, lives over in Humboldt now. Dope house music, by the way. But uh, we started recording together at his crib, and we were recording together, and he got me back into writing songs. So when I came back to Chicago, I stopped writing as much as I used to, but, you know, there's something about getting a little tipsy when you're out by yourself and you're out with friends that are connoisseurs of the music. And, you know, you sh- instead of just sitting outside smoking a cigarette, you might as well spit a couple of bars, you know? My man Evan I'll, in the back over there. I'll Evan be giving Evan, yeah. Evan loved <laughs> to try to get me to rap. They all t- Evan had me spitting <laughs> over them Alchemist joints, some Alchemist <laughs> instrumentals. I was like, yeah. Evan loved to Let's start the cipher for yeah. real. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, but, but hell yeah, man. It's a, it, hold on. Let's take this shot first. You want to try to take this yeah, shot? Yeah, let's get yeah, it. Cheers. Yo, cheers. Then I got some, hey, I got some people, questions man. for you. For real, yeah. yeah hold I, I want to hit them. Right. I just drank my Lord on camera. <laughs> my nigga, hold on, hold on. Uh, you go first, nigga, you go first, you go first. Okay. Facts. Well, I got a little thing, to, so if you got like a question. No, 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 just like random shit, like, bro. Like, people be like forgetting, like, the art of freestyle. Like, that had to be like, when you look at like the trinity of hip hop, like what started shit, it was like niggas rapping off top, niggas dancing, niggas DJing. You know what I'm saying? Well, niggas was writing in the beginning, but they was writing off certain templates. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then there were other rappers who would come along and like they would take that template because they had it memorized. Memorized, and then they say, would memorize that, that shit. Template. Yeah. And then you'd be like, oh shit. But there was still way more free, freestyling and freestyling. Yeah. Now yes. if you look at if you look at what Black Dot just did versus like when Meat goes to Bananas. Flex, it's two, yeah. two different things. Or if you look yeah. at like the like, they freshman class Black or anything. He freeze dude. You can't yeah. ride for fifteen minutes and have that all written. But it's just memorized, though. Like yeah. you can't. Pre- you, it's just memorized. No, the, it's just like it locked in your brain. It's just like yeah. anything. You spend ten thousand hours doing it, and it, you hone that craft. It's exactly. Like, Black dude. Thought is a master. He's a yeah, fucking yeah, master. He can teach a master yeah, class yeah. in rapping. Yeah, like, yeah. But like, even look at like Black Thought versus freestyle versus Young Thug. Young Thug do the same shit for real. He's made all of these sounds before. Yeah, yeah but like, look, put it like this: a rapper freshman class. When I watch that shit, and I'm glad they mm-hmm. did that on Dave. Like you watch like these freshman class rappers, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, freestyle." They be like, it, and it, and it. Ah! Like what the yeah. fuck is that? Like, dude. nah, bro. Yeah, it. it oh like, no, man. Nah. I don't like it at all, bro. Because like you said, that's when I when I when we was coming up, bro. Like Rap City, the basement. That's what I was yeah. watching. I used to get excited because I'm a little, for those I'm a little younger than you, but still, we still had that shit. Yeah, you, know you might be younger than me, but like we on the same wavelength. Like I want to be impressed by someone's wit. 
And you can be crazy as hell. Like, old dirty bastard mm. proved that. Yeah. But you have to have thought and continuity and take me somewhere. Even if one word just takes you to the next word and it's a totally another lane you going yeah. on. Mm. Like, when you go back and listen to some of these freestyles and you see how people just pivot, pivot, pivot just to keep it moving, mm. that's where the genius is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then the flexibility mentally. Like, nowadays, I feel like you see somebody say freestyle, they just like, right, I'm going to just make some noises for like two minutes oh, and then that's yeah. hot. Nah. And then you see like an old head, like the shit Common did, like yeah. just a couple on of months ago, his yeah. album came on out on Leakers. I was yeah. like, bruh. Yeah, yeah. That was the thing, like, before when you, you do your press run, it don't even Look, matter. He said like, it. Yeah. He, he grown That's what I'm spot. saying. Yeah. That's what I'm so saying. So he got, he got. That's what I'm saying. I like written's. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't like, think it's, it's like, like put it like this. When you're a certain age and you've been freestyling for a long, so, a long time, you have random bits of RNA and DNA from freestyle. Okay. In right. your head. Fair and enough. you fair string enough. them together different, yeah. but you fair still enough. made a freestyle. Fair enough. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Another thing is, is that like, uh. Nowadays, like when you, before, when you do your press run, you po you gonna spit a freestyle. Yeah, you know what I'm exactly. Saying? Right. Exactly. That's like, what I appreciate. Yeah, exactly. I mean? And like, I even appreciate when niggas don't be making no sense for it, but they still keep on going. It yeah. gets to that yeah. point that niggas don't even keep on going no more for real. Yeah, motherfuckers are like they have like no like pride. They just be like, <sighs> because like, look, what what was that look, rando breath? Son? It's like. Um, I, I, yeah, I appreciate when people are on a press run and they might be like on the way to Hot 97 and writing like the exactly. Rap yeah, just and write, memorize like, them while they're writing them in their phone and then spit that shit. It's like fucking ill. The point we I mean? at right now, niggas don't even rap their own songs at the show. No. Yeah, it's just exactly. impressive. Like yeah. to me, like being a little yeah. bit younger than you, Straight it's just up. impressive to me when if a nigga could rap his own song that he Facts. already. You know what I'm and saying? Look, yeah. I just saw Three Gods on Wednesday. I saw like, you write that show. Yeah, yeah. There is a video of me up in the rafters. I peed. Like, snapping, like, when Ghost and Ray was on stage. And it was funny because, like, I am, like, I, I'm I'm old enough. I experienced that. I was at Woo's first show in Chicago ever. Mm -hmm. And, That's like, nuts. I grew up with rappers that do real rap shit, you know, and yeah. are not mm -hmm. just telling street tales. Some of them motherfuckers live that shit. It will slap the fuck out of you. Mm -hmm. And they bout that. And when they get on stage now, these like 50-year-old men, they still out there, no backtracks. Just yeah. killing it, bodying oh. it. So when we, I see a 22-year-old yeah. soft motherfucker, soft chest ass dude get on stage, and you know, he all like, you know, wrote like just, you know, just pumped up full of steroids off mm -hmm. the music and the backtrack and the theatrics. But if you took all of that away, Where's the real skill? There's, no, there's, there's a skill in the fact yeah. that you could create that world. Yeah. We like actively slander if you that. Took everything like, away. Sure. It's like, what the fuck? And like, my thing about it is, is that like, nigga, you know you going on tour. Just practice. They don't do that. They don't rehearse. Straight you know what I'm saying? Like, because it, like, straight up. Straight up. Like, motherfuckers like can't even make it through their whole song Look, that they even like you know what I'm saying even if you chopped it together even if you did the shit you know you going on tour so just sit there and practice yeah. I swear to God if I was managing these young niggas I would Wood Harris these hoes <laughs> just like in the new edition fucking miniseries I had yeah. motherfuckers in the gym working that shit out cause yeah. like it's like yo like when people pay money to see you people pay money to buy your merchandise be as authentic as you can yeah. if that ain't really you Yep. Then just like say that so people know that they're you know buying into a fucking fraud. But like I would yeah. rather like I, like we, when we went to Lyrical Lemonade, I was telling you I was like I'd rather him do the song and he fuck it up. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, there's all these mixed messages where now the standard is you hear all these people. 
I recorded 17 songs last night. Cool, but you don't remember any yeah, of that. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, nah, bro, like, you're not yeah. really, what are you doing? And then, hold like, on. And then, yeah. and then also, it's just like, it's something that's captivating. Quality over like, quantity. But no, but really. listen, yeah, but listen. I, mean, like, when I you have doing, a thought on that, and I'm going to let you finish. On, yeah. You finish first. All right, let me not when you perform you a, lo- a live song, bro, it don't matter if you got bars. It don't matter if you turn up, but it's something captivating about watching a motherfucker like, do some shit, create some shit on stage. Like When we seen, uh, remember I said that when we seen Benny, yeah, Benny, Benny cut off the yeah. beat. Cut off the beat to our favorite song that we love to beat. What, what song was Five that? Five to 50. Five to 50. Okay. Right, he cut right. the beat off. He did acapella. Everybody in the room staring straight at him. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm talking about. You know what Larry, I'm closes, Larry closes with a Griselda song every time I work with him. <laughs> every I, single time. Because it's a nice way to get motherfuckers yeah. out of the room that's like not familiar with Griselda. <laughs> <laughs> but I fuck with Griselda. I'll be in the room. Yeah, I don't even gotta, like, gotta be like, let's go. But yeah, it's something, it's something captivating about when a nigga up, out there rapping because like I seen um when I seen first time I ever seen Kendrick at Pitchfork it was when Section 80 was out he was on the blue stage he did that shit he wasn't like walking around animated jumping around he was rapping like Hove would do like Jay Z would do it like you strung on every word that he's saying exactly that's the art form yeah and like when that was like when that was like my infinity gauntlet one of the stones of my infinity gauntlet of skills I was gonna work that fucking stone as hard as I could, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. And I'm w- way removed from that, but that's still part of me. So when like y'all see me like on a very comfortable, chill night, we're hanging out in the neighborhood, and like I can be vulnerable with you guys because I consider you friends and comrades, and I'm a little tipsy. Yeah, I'll fuck around in freestyle. I don't have any fear of fucking up. Yeah, because for me, it's channeling back to a point in my life. Like 20 years ago where I did that shit on the daily and I wore that shit like armor and I'd be on stage battling motherfuckers. I had a night. This shit crazy. All right, go ahead. It was a Sunday night at the Note. Dirty MF is performing. I come in from some other shit. I'm hanging out. He's like, deep ass voice. Dirty got the deepest voice. He's the voice of Vocalo Radio. You hear Vocalo, blah, 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 blah. That's dirty, right? I come in. He sees me from the stage. He's like, yo. Come get it on stage, right? So we're freestyling back and forth, just talking shit. I ain't making no money. I'm just freestyling with my homie. I look over to the side, and it's just like this rando, like, you know, white dude with the handlebar, like, beard action and mustache <laughs> that was real popular, like, action. around that time. You know, with the, like, the, with the weird Caesar. You're like, what the fuck is that? And this dude comes up. He's like, hey, who are you? And who is he? I was like, oh, I'm Larry Miller. That's Dirty MF. I'm like, who the fuck are you? He's like, oh, I'm Atmosphere. And I was just like, oh, that's, that's, that's great, bro. That's fantastic. And, like, and we just like kept killing it, you know? And I was just like, yeah, that's, that's how we get down. Like, yeah. We don't give a fuck. Like, we, yeah. we love ourselves enough. We know our skill set. And we yeah. kill it. Yeah, you can tell, like, when you actually, like, rap in public, like, you can tell the other niggas that, like, are on that wavelength. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, when motherfuckers just kicking it rapping, you can just walk over and talk to them. I, I didn't met hella niggas off of that shit. Same. Look, Jedi's recognize Jedi's. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I had met a random story, another random story. I had met the drummer from Crystal Castles on that shit. Oh, yeah. I forget that All dude's right. name. Niggas was rapping. I walked over there. It's Chris some, I believe. <laughs> We Chris Castles song. Chris <laughs> Crystal. Shout out to Alex Black. It's hella niggas. Too, it's hella niggas. I didn't met. I didn't met a uh, Theopolis London on some shit like wow. that's how I met that nigga for Dude, real. I, I saw. I met Theopolis London at Lollapalooza 2013, 
He just like yeah. popped up in like the Samsung booth I was running. Just, wow. just tall, black, and well dressed and yeah. shit. Man, like, cool. It's, it's something special <laughs> about that cypher circle. <laughs> What's all that? You did some yeah. tall shit too. You got to give your own self props. That's a video. Self props. Self props. But yeah, it's so special when you see that group of niggas freestyling and you feel welcome. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. And like, you know, knowing that it's kind of starting to feel like a lost art, you know. Like, like some Jedi shit. Yeah. Like, when I do it, and I do it around you, it's because I respect you and I fuck with you. I rarely yeah. do it just to shit in somebody's mouth because I'm not mean like that. Yeah. You know? So, like, when somebody like my homie Evan calls me out, he's like, yo, check this beat. We're going to, like, listen to this this Alchemist shit. Not fuck with Alchemist. I'm like, yeah, I ain't never heard this. Let's go. Yeah. And it's oh, yeah. fun, and it's a way to, like keep my mind active, mm -hmm. you know, and practice something. Yeah. Cause like, if I don't stay sharp, if I don't do that shit with y'all, I think it's like, I go to freestyle and I'll be like, I don't know what I'm going to say. Yeah. You got to stay sharp for real. Yeah. And just like fluid. I guess the word is like fluid. Cause like, yeah. when you just like know that you could, when you just start talking, like I don't even, the best shit I ever said, I ain't know I was even about yeah. to say it. Facts. And I've, that, I've had a million moments like that. Yeah. Yeah. A million, like <laughs> when I'm in the bag, like that, it'll just come for real. Bro, and it's also like, you can't relax. be scared to fuck up for real. You, if you yeah. fuck up, just go right back in. But fuck if you, you fuck up, you like you like oh, I know I'm about to stutter here. Yeah, but then you got to be willing to come back. Exactly, sometimes you a right mistake back. can be a way to make something really grandiose. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, you could take a mistake and flip it. You like you know you fucking up. You like and then play it off. You know, Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm the same type of nigga. Bailey right here. Bailey didn't know. Me and Bailey been kicking it for almost 10 years now. Shit. I, yeah. I just <laughs> I just be I just walk up to Bailey. We outside smoking. Hey, look, check this. <laughs> Bailey oh, be man. like, bro, stop Give her the rapping hot in my real ear. Quick. I feel like if Bailey man. like another freestyle, it'd be all about pocket knives. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But man, this has been a fucking Wait, no, Kurt, yeah, one more yeah, thing. Kurt, one more yeah, thing. Yeah, what's up, Kurt? Before I'll we get out of here, we've only We've only ran this with one person, but I uh -huh. feel like I want to run it with you. Uh -oh. So I'm going I'm to hit you with some names, people, groups, uh -huh. and I want you to give just a little little blurb about how you feel about these individuals or groups. All right. Let me so, be on my best behavior. Shit. Yeah. You, you only got two passes. Okay. You can, you don't have to be in a pass. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, I'm just uh -huh. like, you know, whatever. All right. Let's start with uh, Ninth Wonder. Ninth Wonder is a fucking God. He's a professor, teacher, and he's made some of my favorite soulful hip hop music. Ever. Isn't facts. he actually a professor now? Yes. Yeah. He teaches yeah. a hip-hop class at like yeah. NYU or something? Yo, yes. you didn't see that that uh, video with him and Bob James when he was like going through his samples with Bob James? Watch that shit. Yeah, I definitely need to That's watch that. Dope. What if he yeah. was his student? That'd go hard. You was his favorite student. <laughs> huh? What if you sat up for the class and he just like fuck with you? He was like, hey, stay up the class. Man. He'd be like, yo, song. man, yo, man. I'd be like, yo, where Fontigolo at? That'd be the first He'd be like, hey, ask. you want to go to this evening? You'd be walking out, he'd be like, hey. Come here, hey! There's an event going yeah, on. You, you want to come up there with credit. me? You and I are pulling up. All right, let's uh, let's go to Detroit. Black Milk. All right, I'll tell you this: I fuck with Black Milk, but I haven't listened to as much Black Milk as you think I would. I know that I like him. It's it's already good. We there, but like I can't speak on his music because I've been listening to so much other shit. No disrespect, Black Milk. Yeah, his drums are crazy. The let's way take he, it to facts. Texas. The way he programs drums. Hmm? Let's take it to Texas. Right. DJ School. Uh, yeah, that shit's a whole lifestyle, dude. One thing I love about his legacy is that what he did was revolutionary, and there are people that still do it. Like, I will hear Chopped and Screw remixes of Anita Baker songs to this day. Like, just crazy left shit. And I'm like, yeah. Like, I heard a, a, a Willow... A, Willow Smith, she got a new song that just came out that I downloaded, which is fat. She got songs. But then it's... Yeah, I, I found a Chopped and Screw version. I was like, 
Damn, I I fuck with that. Though. That we was need, the best way to say. Hey, it. That's a lifestyle. We need yeah. one of them niggas in our clique, man. Nate, you got to start chopping, screwing songs, man. <laughs> mm. uh, I need somebody to I'm put out a song. Dallas, and you not Houston. <laughs> what else? He hates Houston. This next one taps into your uh, your DJ bag. The beat junk. I mean, uh, the beat junkies. I fuck with them hard. Rhymatic Babu. Fuck yeah. yeah, look, Babu. His Melvin albums that he just put out, one and two. If y'all don't know about Melvin. It's all your mama's favorite songs from the 70s and 80s, but he made house versions of them, right? And I be throwing them shits in my set all the time because them shits is fire. He's got like 30 tracks between these two albums. Then we talking about like J-Rock as well. Mm -hmm. J-Rock used to play Dark Room all the time. J dude, J-Rock played Sportsman's, bro, oh, and we smoked that. a blunt in the patio, me, him, and Dave Mata, and it, he was just here for Soul Yeah, I was like, he, was just, he was just here recently. Him and, and Wolf, we was up there. Him and Wolf was here. And we I'm was like, up there. I went there just to say it was a oh, month yeah, ago. You up there. We was up there. It was a month ago because I had to do Continental like I do tonight. Oh yeah, fact. And I went over there just to see them, see Dave Mata, see Chris. I was like in and out, like boom, out the door. It was sick. But they're my people. All right, let's take it west. Uh, DJ Quick. DJ Quick is classic. DJ Quick came out when I was in high school. He showed me that it was all right to get your motherfucking freak on and speak your mind and be an asshole. In the smoothest <laughs> way ever. Super yeah. smooth. But that is tonight, very true. his sampling of clear, uh, what, intimate connections for tonight gave me the utmost respect for him because that song is amazing by itself. Facts. Yeah. All right, we'll go Northwest. Uh, Jake One. Uh, that's not like really my cup of tea. Like, I honestly, like, with all the things I check for, there's a lot of peripheral shit that I might respect. But I can't speak on something that I haven't listened to in abundance. Okay. Yeah. So he wrapped down a lot of Jake One beats, and you already mentioned him. Fonte. Did you say, did you say Jake One? Jake it's one. not like you said Jaquan. Jake One. Okay, all right. Jake One from the Pacific Northwest. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah. So Jake One is one. Shot the freeway. Right. So That's Jake I was like, One. <laughs> I was like, Jaquan. I was like, <laughs> oh, Jake One's getting tipsy, man. That's what I thought for. I was like, all right, Jaquan. I'll fuck with Jaquan. Hood house. Annunciation. Perry's like, wait, I got some shit. Annunciation is a motherfucker. It's very important. Jake One. Jake One. That bald Caucasian man is awesome. As one half of uh, the group that he has with Meyer Hawthorne, yeah. that shit. Tuxedo. Even, yeah, Tuxedo. Yeah. That first Tuxedo album, like, I'm going to put it like this. Me, John Simmons, Shazam Bangles, a couple of the DJs in Chicago. Shout that summer, Zan. that shit came out. We was all rotating that album. It was like all like brand new funk. It was fun. It was the more street version of... Bruno Mars Uptown Funk shit, mm. but with Meyer Hawthorne's vocals, but Jake One making these perfectly curated beats. Wow, and then his, his White Van music album. That White Van shit went crazy. Went that shit crazy. is so that fucking That shit with Little Brother on it? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. And then the yeah. like, I, I have the instrumentals of that when I'm DJing. Dude, that shit is fire. I fuck with you, Jake One. I'm sorry I called you Jake One. Really? And if you're tipsy right now, just, you know, give me a pass. Oh, the new improved hood hop. Yeah, so uh, now we'll move on to, like I said, he rapped on the beats, Fonte. Dude, all right, so Nate knows this because I did this for Nate last Saturday. I opened up. He had on a Mark Morrison shirt. This is two Vintage. Saturdays he's done it for me. So, yeah. You're the Return two, of the Mac? It's number two. So, he had on a Mark Morrison Return of the Mac white T-shirt. I know where he got that from. Don't put the secrets out there. Don't put the secrets out there. I told you. Put them on blast. So, he comes in with that, and I had just played that at a wedding the day before. So, I walked in, and I saw it. I was like, I know what I'm opening the night with. So, I opened it with Zoe and Fontigolo's version of Return of the Mac. 
which is like slow down piano jam, and it's fucking amazing. Yeah, they're like, na, 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 na. oh my god, oh my oh, god, it's amazing, right? So I fuck with him. I fuck with his little brother shit. Pump but his most world. recent solo album, where he's being very honest about his age in hip hop, yeah, and how things look different to him and what relationships are, hit me really hard because. I need to hear grown man hip hop. Everything yeah. can't be swag, dick hanging strong, drunk in the club, shooting niggas. Yeah. I'm I'm too old for that. Yeah, yeah. Fonte's actually he spent a lot of time in my top five. Yeah. I think yeah. he's one of the most he's gifted up there too. Because he's a real motherfucker, but he's not trying to sell you a character. He's himself. Yeah, and yeah. When his you, verse on uh, from whom from whom the bell toe tolls with uh, Blue and him. Yeah, Blue is a beast, too. Yeah. Yeah. Even his uh, one too many with K Tronada. Like, I love oh, that Oh, yeah, yeah. You put me on to that. Yeah. All right, we got two more left. Okay. So we're going to do Pete Rock. Pete Rock is the god. I've met Pete Rock on several occasions. He's a huge sports fanatic. We have sat and talked shit. I've met him and CL Smooth. Um, I've been a fan of Pete Rock since I was like 15, 16 years old. I never thought that as I got older, I would meet someone that... I consider it so much of a legend. He's also someone who is the cousin of someone that I really loved growing up in hip-hop, which is Heavy D. And mm, I nice. have family from Mount Vernon, New York, that I used to live in Mount Vernon before I started going to Pratt in Brooklyn when I first moved to New York. So there's, like, this weird string in my memory of how I'm attached to him, but, like, his selection of samples, um, him being, you know, of Jamaican descent and knowing that hip-hop really got started with a Jamaican... Um, you know, from a Jamaican, like, it's like he's at the forefront to me, and then the level of consistency he's had in producing beautiful historical hip-hop music is unparalleled. And he's chill as fuck. Like, he's just himself all the time. I just want him to get the COVID shot. So he sticks around. <laughs> yeah, That's definitely. my only problem. All right. It'd be, too, uh, it'd be too generic for me to ask you about Dilla, so I want to ask you about House Shoes. House Shoes is the realest nigga on Instagram. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Besides his taste in music and his production, one thing I love about House Shoes right now, because it's something that I've been dealing with right now, is he is re representing himself online as who he is, his ideas. He don't take no shit. He's super cool, you know, and he's honest. And like, he don't let none of the clout or fame get to him. He knows who he is, and when people come with him on bullshit... You know, he, he don't take that. And I love that about him, you know. Yeah, that, that's a real dude. That's a real Detroit motherfucker right yeah, there. Yeah, straight hey, up, man. I've yeah. seen him murder a 45 set at a live one before. Kurt, oh, can, yeah. we, can we go out? Can we lead a podcast with Heavy D? I just sent you the song. You sent me a track? Yeah. <laughs> but look, you got one more, right? No, that's it. Okay. Oh, well, I like, got one. Like, I, I'm going to say something. I got like one, though. What? Oh, yeah. I, got, I got an artist for you. Who? How do you feel about, as a rapper, Lupe Fiasco? Lupe Fiasco is one of Chicago's finest. That's also another real motherfucker. Like, for real. Truth. And I want to say something <laughs> I keep, else. I keep trying to tell these um, niggas, man. Yeah, he's, he's slept on, but he's creative as hell. And, like, you trying to talk about somebody that can freestyle or writes like they're freestyling is fucking Lupe. That's why I keep trying that to tell these niggas, man. These and niggas, they not for like, And he's a straight-up Ronin. Y'all not from hey, Chicago. That dude so really does martial Lupe. arts, and he's really from the West Side. He ain't no punk. Yeah. But <laughs> one more thing I want to say is, is that... Right now, this is the day where real Chicago heads that really love hip-hop, they know that this is the birthday of Timbuktu. 
the youngest God. in charge, who I oh, met God. when he was very, very young. And, you know, I watched this dude sneak Damn. into clubs and body clubs. I watched this dude become one of the best DJs ever I used to in go Chicago. To that, uh, Empire, Empire, on Empire, 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 yeah, yeah. That's yeah. when I first. That's when I was a kid in college. Rebel room. We, we, yeah, we used to sneak him in the back door at you know at the shrine. I did all types of events with this dude, and because of his proximity to hip hop and the people that he knew, like I literally like watched this this young man become an elder statesman and the most respected DJs of this generation. You know, like. He was loved, he was smart, but he was one of the calmest, coolest, collective, constantly thinking mind DJs I ever knew. Even when he was on Serato after, you know, his vinyl thing, I would watch him close his eyes and listen to the music just to get the blend right. He didn't rely on reading the screen mm. or seeing the wave. He was a purist in his craft. And then I watched dudes like Jay Illa, you know, move that, that movement forward and treat the music right. You know, Boy Genius is another one. These are people that came from the school of Timbuktu. And Timbuktu was the man. Like, this dude would drop, and he would, like, drop Nirvana or, or drop uh, uh, well, the White Stripes in the middle of a hip-hop set. You know, it was crazy. I love that man. So I remember hearing that nigga. Props. I remember hearing that nigga on the radio when I was a kid, and yeah. then going and then be like, "Oh, the same nigga is DJing in this room at, at this bar. We in that bitch." When I first moved down here, that was my favorite shit to go to, bro. Yeah, and shout out like, to Twilight Damn. Tone too, because if it wasn't for Tone, I wouldn't have met. I wouldn't have met you know Timbo. Yeah, like every episode. Uh, shout out Castle. That's how I got to meet Timbo. Nick Castle. Yeah, him. And, me and Castle are super boy. close. Yeah. And yeah, that's how I got cool. to meet Castle too, through Castle. So, yeah, re- I hope he's resting well because he was a uh, he left way too soon because he Factual. was doing amazing shit all the time. Factual. But yeah, man, thank you so much for coming through. This is so Hell fun yeah. to kick it. Larry, with you, you already know what it is. Dude, you, you guys are like amazing hosts. Like, I just want to come over and eat some Jets pizza with y'all. Like, just, like, put my feet up, you, you know, watch a bill, you know, watch, time, a, watch a Bulls game or something. Yeah, but we yeah. 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 Hey, them Bulls, bro. Them Bulls look nice. Yeah. They look nice. They playing. Uh, I think they playing Denver tonight. Look, don't speak we too want- soon. Let's just keep yeah. it cool. My boy Terry was trying to get me to watch the Bulls game. I was like, I got a podcast to do, bro. Yo, thanks for having me. Episode, Episode 118. Let that shit go. Let that shit go. Let me hit that shit. Ain't play. Why you ain't play?